This is episode four, how to find time for yoga and meditation as a mama. Welcome to the Wellness Project podcast with Claire Obeyed. I'm a life and wellness coach, yoga teacher, EFT practitioner, and meditation guide. And most importantly, I'm a mama. And I'm here to support you to free your mind, fuel your body, and feed your soul as we journey into the project of your own wellness. From meditation, yoga, spirituality, and health to well-being, mindset, conscious living, and conscious parenting, I dive into it all, featuring moments of contemplation mixed with inspired action and handy takeaways. You will feel inspired and motivated, ready to cultivate new habits, rituals, and tools for your wellness journey. With mini meditation sessions to support you in cultivating inner stillness, connection, and clarity, and special co-hosted episodes and interviews to answer your questions. The Wellness Project podcast has you covered. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm really excited because today is actually a slightly different episode where I will be answering a question that has been sent in from one of my beautiful tribe members. So before I dive in, please know that at any time you can send me a message either by Instagram or Facebook, or you can email me at hello at claireobeid.com, C-L-A-I-R-E-O-B-E-I-D.com, and send me any questions that you have. And if it's a question that is something I feel that I can answer or I can call on somebody else to help answer, then I definitely will. So I'm going to take you now to the question that came from Kate Harrison. Kate Harrison is a Melbourne mama. She's a naturopath and she's a postpartum doula. And Kate sent me this question. Hi Claire, I'd love to hear about how you find time for yoga and meditation with your little one and how to create a practice that sticks. Thank you so much Kate for sending that question in because it's a question I get asked all the time. And in fact it was a question I used to get asked all the time as a coach and as a yogi and as a meditator, even before I had my daughter. So I think this is a really important question to be answered for mamas out there and papas as well, but also just for anybody, because we seem to, I don't know why we do it, but we deprioritize the things that we know make us feel the best. So I'm going to do my best to dissect this and share with you how I actually find time for yoga and meditation with my little girl, my two and a half year old, and with another one on the way. And I think the key part of her question as well is how to create a practice that sticks. So I'm actually going to work backwards. I'm going to start with that bit first, how to create a practice that sticks. And what I'm going to suggest here actually applies to everyone, whether you are a mama or a dada. And obviously there has to be some flexibility once you do become a parent. But this is kind of my foolproof method. This is kind of the way that I have advised hundreds of coaching clients to create a practice in anything they want to create to stick and how I personally have made yoga and meditation a practice that is important and integral in my life and always present in some way. And it starts like this. When I realize that there's something that I need to do that might be a different kind of yoga practice or maybe it's a different form of movement or maybe it's about uh, reinvigorating a meditation practice that I haven't done for a while I will look at my calendar it's the very first thing that I do I'll open my diary up and I'll look at my week ahead 
And if you're anything like me, you have a diary and you have a calendar. I also have the Google Calendar app on my phone. And I have already created really definite blocks throughout my week of when I'm doing work, for example, or when I'm having downtime. So I already have my week pretty mapped out. That's a slightly separate conversation, which I'm happy to do another podcast on because that's a really important part of this process, which is learning to map out your time and your week and actually become a scheduling queen or king. Because when you create that structure, that's where the freedom comes. That's where you start to see how much time you really do have and therefore how much time you really do have for, say, this new yoga practice that you want to do or coming back to a meditation practice that you've forgotten. So coming back to the calendar, I've looked at my calendar and I set a realistic goal, a very small realistic goal in comparison to what my ego wants me to do. So my ego will be saying, you need to and you want to and you should be meditating every single morning. But my intuition and my truth and also just understanding where I'm at at that particular stage of my life knows that perhaps starting all the way at the top, aiming for seven days a week is just not going to happen. So I set a more realistic goal. And for me, that might be three mornings a week. I might say, okay, Claire, you just need to commit to three mornings a week where you're going to meditate. And I will literally schedule these into my week. I will write it in my diary and I might even set an actual alert or a reminder into my phone. Now, why do I do this? Because scheduling makes it real for me. Scheduling makes it happen. But the main reason that I actually aim lower than higher, which a lot of people might think is a really strange thing to do, is because more often than not, what actually happens is I commit to the three practices because it's not that hard. It's not that hard to do. And I don't feel this intensity and this pressure around it. But what happens is I do those three practices and I feel amazing and I do it again, maybe the fourth morning. And then maybe the following week when I sit down again to schedule those practices in, I recall that I actually did four meditation practices last week and not three. So maybe the following week I then put in four or five sessions. So I've scheduled them in and I can see that I'm building a muscle there. And again, the pressure is not there and the intensity is not there because I'm easing into it. So I did this for my yoga practice many, many years ago when I first started. I really wanted to work up to five to six days a week, but it just wasn't happening. So I just started with three. And then within three weeks time, I had moved up to four. And within about, I think it was five to six weeks, almost two months, I had worked my way up to a five or six day a week practice. So how do we actually apply this if you're a mama? or a new dad, and all of a sudden you're a little bit blown away by how little time you have and how your time is no longer your own. So you do need to essentially do the same thing, but there has to be a lot of compassion and flexibility woven into that schedule, especially if you've got a newborn baby where there are no schedules, time does not exist anymore, and you're working hour by hour instead of day or week by week. So everything that you schedule, you have to do so with the idea that it's cool if it's going to change, I'm flexible, I'm happy to shift and move it, and I'm also willing to find a way 
to make this work with what I've got, with the time that I've got and the space that I've got. And this is kind of weaving into the first part of Kate's question, which was how you find time for a yoga meditation practice around a little one. So like I mentioned before, time is a very different concept when you have children. You think that every morning you're going to wake up at 5.30 before your little one wakes up and you're going to do some beautiful, delicious yoga stretches and some meditation. And maybe for a period of time that works and it happens, but then there's a curveball. She's sick, you're sick, you have a horrible night's sleep, they start waking up early again for some unknown reason, so many different variables. So this is how I do it, guys. I commit to my practice being in my life in some way. I commit to my practice, but I no longer commit to it looking a certain way. I no longer put the pressure on myself that it has to be this beautiful 20-minute mantra meditation every morning and every afternoon at 5 o'clock in the morning and 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And I no, no longer create this intensity around what my yoga practice looks like and that it always is on a particular day and at a particular time. So again, this flexibility is really, really important. So I'm going to kind of give you some actual specifics here so you can understand what I'm talking about. Most days, my yoga practice will either happen in the morning before my daughter wakes up, and that will be dependent on if we've had a good night and I've woken up feeling pretty decent and I can roll my mat out, or if she's consistently sleeping to a normal time in the morning and I've got the time for that. And each morning I wake up and I feel into that. Do I feel like this is what I need right now? Do I know that there's time for me to do this today? And there's no longer this beating myself up over it. There's no longer this competition with myself or with other people in my head about have I done the perfect morning routine and have I rolled my yoga mat out and have I done exactly what I said I was going to do and no longer making myself feel like a failure if I haven't. That's a really key part of this. And then if it doesn't happen in the morning, I will usually find the time at nap time. Now, that's a really important thing. I have to actually prioritize it. I actually have to say, right, Claire, she's gone down to bed. You make your lunch. You hit the mat. You go do some work. And I literally have to work in blocks, kind of 30-minute blocks, to be honest, averaging, you know, maybe an hour and a half, two-hour nap, whatever it is. Now, when all of that fails, there's a few other tricks up my sleeve. I always have my yoga mat rolled out in the living room. It's always there. So throughout the day, sometimes I will incorporate yoga into my play with my daughter and I will get her involved. And it might only be five minutes and sometimes it's 15 and sometimes if I'm really lucky, it ends up being a 20 or 30 minute practice. And it's comical and it's a bit different and it's a bit silly because she's involved and she's climbing on top of me and she's wanting to do some poses too. Or she gets bored and she's nagging at me and wants to throw something at me and, you know, the chaos of dealing with a toddler. But, again, I no longer have the perception or the idea of what my yoga practice should look like. Yes, it feels different. Yes, it looks different. But it's still happening in some way. And on top of all of that, I commit to getting myself to a dedicated yoga class outside of my, ha my home 
somewhere where I'm going to be fully immersed into the practice for an hour. And I try and do that at least once a week. In the earlier stages, when she was really, really little, or when she was teething and we were having constant horrible nights, I would just find other ways to weave yoga or movement into my day. So we might be at the park and I might do 20 squats and some push-ups and some press-ups, or I might do a really big sweaty walk with her in the carrier. So for the mamas out there, it's about being creative. It's about being flexible. It's about dropping all judgment, lots of compassion, but it's about committing that in some way, every day, you will sit in stillness or you will move or you will do both. Now, to add another element to this, when I say sitting in stillness, when we're talking about a meditation practice, especially as a mama, you might not at all for a week or two weeks actually have a long enough pocket to sit down and be uninterrupted and be in stillness. And that's okay. So this is where learning how to cultivate and invite presence into your day, mindfulness into what you do outside of a seated meditation practice. That's just the reality of it. But if you're able to include mindfulness in your morning walk with your children or when you're cooking or when you're sitting and they're playing Lego and you're sipping on your tea and you're just noticing the temperature and the taste of that tea, if you can include presence and mindfulness into elements of your day, you're meditating. That's it. You're cultivating a moment of peace and presence and you've got it. So it, it's again this mamahood journey, this parenthood journey. It's about flexibility and compassion and non-judgment and creativity. Creativity is the key here. And underlining all of that is your commitment to doing something for yourself self-care in the form of movement or yoga or meditation or all of that daily and sometimes it might just be a simple mindful practice and it might not be perfect and it might not be the way that it used to and one day it will again but for now it's about being okay with that and loving that practice just as much as you used to love your old practice or no practice at all and not comparing any longer and embracing it for what it is today. Because that's really important. Because if you're constantly saying this yoga practice is not great because it's not the beautiful hour and a half blissed out sweaty session that I used to have, well then you're not going to find any joy or gratitude in that experience at all. So I hope that that really helps because it's something that I hear on multiple occasions throughout my days when chatting with other mamas, even just hanging out at playgroup with my daughter and speaking to other mamas. So many of us choose to not move, choose to not meditate, choose to not practice any form of self-care because we don't know how to fit it in. We don't know how to schedule it. We don't know how to stick to it and we don't prioritize it. We don't know how to be creative, creative enough with it. We don't know how to say, yes, this matters, even if it's so incredibly diluted and so incredibly different to what my ego thinks is ideal. So I hope that that really helps because it is important. It is important for you on so many, so many levels in mind, body and spirit 
to find time for your yoga practice or your movement practice and to sit in stillness in meditation or to cultivate mindfulness in some way. So just to recap as well, the practice that I mentioned at the very, very beginning about scheduling things in, that's for everybody. Mama or not, I highly recommend it's something you get in the habit of doing. And I do highly recommend that you reach for your big goal, but start in steps, incremental steps first. So if your big goal is seven days a week, start at three days. Work up to it. Give yourself a chance to assimilate and to integrate this new practice. So I hope to hear from you. I hope to hear your thoughts. Maybe as you're listening, you've got some other suggestions of things that you do that have really helped. Uh, other ways that you've incorporated, incorporated your yoga and movement and your meditation into your life as a mama or otherwise. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. And if you want to check out some of my personal yoga practices, you can by heading to my YouTube page. I've got some yoga videos on there that are pretty awesome and I'm sure you'll love them and they're quite short and sweet as well. So you will see the link to that in the show notes. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and have a beautiful, beautiful day.